0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Clayton. Thank you, musicians and singers. Amen. What a wonderful brief worship service this morning, yes? And now you just hope the preacher is as brief. Amen? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? This morning, um, I want to share with you a few things about where we're headed. And if, uh, yeah, there it is. How many of y'all have ever seen that picture before? Raise your hand. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture. Um, I, was, um, I was coming, I think, from Burger King last year at some point. What's so funny about that? And, uh, and the big rain had come through, and I rounded the corner at that wonderful intersection we have. Can I have a witness? And, um, and I, I saw that. Beautiful one of the most one of the most full is I'm not saying them right the fullest the most full rainbows That I've ever seen and uh, and I and I kept on driving and then I was oh wait minute. So I backed up and I so I could get a, a really good wide angle And I took my phone and I took a picture of it and I said, you know what? I don't know that I have ever seen a rainbow that perfectly right over the top of a church before Absolutely, he's good and and I wanted to say something about that um so the rainbow is god's covenant covenant sign to moses i mean noah just kidding (laughs) just trying to lighten the mood for you just a little bit that was in my notes actually i put like moses just kidding noah so as a promise that god would never destroy the world again through flood so it is a larger reminder Uh, It is a larger reminder of God's covenant structure uh, all through the Scripture. And that is why I'm here with you today. I'm here because of that. Um, My grandmother passed the gospel to me, and now I'm doing my best to pass it to my children and hopefully to their children and to their children. Hence the name on the front of the booklet or pamphlet that you've gotten where it says Generation to Generation. Uh, We know that the church is not the building, amen? I mean, let's just get that out of the way. The church is not the building. It's the people that are the church, but the building is symbolic of God in the sense that God's people meet there and worship there. And when people all through the community drive by and they see it, hopefully the first thing they think of is, wow, wow. Those people really love Jesus to have a building that nice, because we do. We love Jesus, and we want our building to be nice, and we want our building to be accommodating for other people. So as I think about this, and as a minister throughout the years have, have, have dealt with the issue of building and expanding buildings, I just want you to know my heart. And I want to share with you, really, this is not so much of, a, of an expositional message this morning as it is just me kind of sharing from my heart, and I've got to do it really fast. So bear with me, okay? Uh, when Angie and I began to realize in 1718 that God may be ready to move us to a new place of service, 2000. what happened now? Said oh, I'm sorry. At 2000, it's man, I need to start all the way over again. When we begin to realize that God may be moving us to another place of service in 2017 and 2018, we began to pray that a glaringly obvious door would open for us and one that could use our unique experience and background. Aren't you blessed? Amen. We also prayed that it would be a place not too far from home, but also one where we could stay and never have to move again. Yes. All right. It wasn't long before Parkway came on the radar and we made our interest known. After several weeks of discussion with the pastor search committee, we believed that God could use us at Parkway. But we also knew, and this is proven true, that it would be a very unique challenge. Can I get a witness? For multiple reasons. Now, most of you that know me and know our staff know we are brutally honest, okay? Uh, we're just honest people because we, we, we can't do gospel ministry unless we can be honest. Can you amen that? If we're going to be a bunch of peace fakers and, and, just, and not tell the truth and not be honest with each other, this is, this is going to be built on a lie, and it's not going to last. So it has to be built on the truth. And so I say that to say that any time there is sudden and comprehensive staff turnover, especially in senior leadership, the spiritual health of the church deteriorates for a season much like how children respond to marital strife and the divorce of parents. Churches must have stable, transparent, biblical servant leadership or they will not prosper spiritually. Can you amen that? Yes. So we knew that Parkway had some real challenges. But we also knew, we also knew, that Parkway had multiple families that were faithfully committed long-term, and because of that, the the church had hope for a wonderful future of equipping another generation of Christ followers. So due to those realities, plus the reality that we believed in our hearts God was calling us north, we came here to join with you, to become a part of your family. Now, through the committee process, the pastor search committee process, there were several priorities named that would need to be addressed by the incoming pastor with the two most important things being the immediate hire of a newly formed position called the family discipleship pastor and to get back on track with phase two of the expansion because the church was in need of more space. Those were two priorities that I was given as the future leader of this church, and I took those two priorities very seriously and still do. So as we stand here today, there are three realities that tell me as your senior leader that we are in God's will. I believe it with all my heart. I believe it. Number one, the timing of where we are as a church. Number two, the miracle of Parkway's continued existence. Number three, Satan hates this place. I believe it with all my heart that Satan hates us and hates what we're trying to do here, and I say amen to that. I hope he hates us until the apocalypse. Can you amen that? So I think because of those three things, I want to share with you why I believe this is right. But ultimately, the decision is yours next week. But i want to share with you why i believe we are where we need to be timing of where we are how god has seen us through ecclesiastes 3 1 through 8 says for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven not going to read that whole text time to be born a time to die time to break down a time to build up there's a time for everything and from my perspective these are some things that i have seen the past three years that tell me that there's something magnificent going on here Number one, for us personally, the timing to come to Parkway Baptist was, was perfect. There were struggles, there were difficulties, and still are, but for our family, this move was right for us and has placed us in an area that our children can go to school and do just about anything they want. Good medical facilities, hunting and fishing, antique cars, can I get a witness? You name it, it's here. Good things, and it's a conservative state, and we're going to... Keep it that way. Can we amen that? Okay. Number two, the timing and finding of our family discipleship pastor, Clayton Pruitt sitting right down here. Now Colton was already here. That jewel, amen, that, 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 that present, that gift was already here. Uh, Anna was already here. We had a good staff, so I don't mean to demean anybody else by pointing him out. It's just he was one of the key things I had to do when I came here. So this was, this was new for us. The first time we requested resumes, the list was terrible. When I say terrible, it was dismal. Everyone on the committee was discouraged. And it just so happened I stumbled across an article, and as I read it, it felt like I was reading my own thoughts. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Kind of scary. So I called him. I figured out who he was, and I called him, and I thanked him for the article, and we kept talking and kept talking. And then we realized that he was seeking a place of service. And so finally, he brought his whole family down here. And then a few months later, his wife's mother moved down here. And there they all are right there. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Little did I know he had children the same age as ours, which is another interesting fact. You have three pastors that serve here, are all true friends, and have children here, and therefore we are all three personally invested in this congregation. This is not just a job to us. This is our life. This is what we we do. The timing, another thing in timing, the timing of, of Anna's departure to be with her family. Now, I'm not condemning her for leaving. I understand that Anna had to go. Amen? We understand that people's lives change and people need to transition. We understand that. But when she left, it created an urgent gap in an area that we desperately did not need a gap and That gap was where? Preschool, exactly, but as God's timing would have it about that time, Lifeway goes through staff restructuring and Carol Tomlinson gets caught in that, so guess who's available for work? Carol is available for work so she falls right in there in the preschool position and helps us so much and as time goes by we realize that she could help us with family discipleship ministry and administration and you as the church approve those positions and now carol is helping us move this church forward can you give me an amen Yes. yes then unfortunately steve left us to be closer to his family we understand that do we not family is everything so he wanted to to move closer to family or or Stop doing a job and get closer to family. Plus, he had other ministry interests. We understand that. And now that staff vacancy is the only one remaining. And I tell you that once we find our next music leader, the right music leader that is found and sent and called of God, not to be in a rush because the last thing you want to do is hire the wrong eight person. Amen. Once that person gets on staff, I would submit to you that Parkway will have, for the first time in its existence, the most unified, theologically like-minded staff this church has ever had in its existence. So I'm excited about that. All in God's time. Another thing in the timing of God's hand being upon this church, the paying off of the church debt. Did you realize that we paid off the church debt, the month, church debt, which debt is death, I guess, paid off the church debt the month before our nation suffered from one of the worst pandemics the world has ever experienced. Did you realize that? We paid the debt off in February 2020, and, in, and in, on March the 22nd, I believe it was, of 2020, President Donald J. Trump asked for all of America to quarantine for two weeks, and it lasted three months. There are a lot of churches that never, opened their doors again after they closed them but Parkway Baptist Church's doors are back open Parkway Baptist Church did not miss a just did not miss a step financially during the pandemic in fact the budget actually prospered prospered so it's the timing of that is absolutely incredible to me the timing, theologically, of the of the of the peacemaker ministry, we saw God lead us into the peacemaker ministry during a time of testing and trial in our congregation through the COVID crisis. Have you ever seen Americans at each other's throat like you did during that that crisis of COVID nineteen? Masked, no mask. Quarantine, not quarantine. Unbelievably combative and strife filled but god saw us through through our emphasis and our study to remain at peace with each other we have seen over a hundred people join our church including children over the past three years and seen nearly a dozen baptisms including staff children did you know that over a hundred people now we have also seen some folks leave our fellowship yes We have and I'll be honest with you as I always am it hurts it hurts it hurts when you pour your heart and soul into ministry and preaching and do your best to love and help people and they just leave most of the time with very little or insincere communication they just stop coming stop giving and then drift away I believe Willie McLaurin said it the best. You can't leave a place wrong and go to a place right. Amen? Amen. Remember that. But I believe even in the timing of some of those departures are still due to God's sovereign hand. My personal favorite on this list, babies being born. Yes, babies. Does everyone realize that this year we will add six babies to our nursery? That's a good place for a hallelujah, amen. Throw your hats up in the air. I love babies, and I love kids, and it's a good thing, amen? It's a good thing, because i got a house full of them. Talk about timing, and I cleared this with the family before I said it. We have one of the most miraculous things that happened within a family of our congregation here with the McFarland family. You know the story, do you not? Seven years, seven years ago on the day, that they lost Stetson, Tatum was born. You're gonna tell me God isn't with this fellowship. <clears throat> You're gonna tell me God is not guiding us one day at a time to be a witness to his glory and to his grace. I believe that he is. Timing in Bible study. Now, this is a weird thing for me, but this is just the way I see things. Did any of you put it together that this past Wednesday night we began to study the book of Revelation on the very night that Russia would invade Ukraine? And do you realize if you've been coming to Wednesday night Bible study, and this is one of the reasons why you need to come to Wednesday night Bible study, is that when you come, God will hook you into the word of God to the world stage. So right now, if you had been coming, you would have been in the middle of the book of Revelation when one of the most aggressive large nations ever attacked a smaller democratic nation. You would be in the book of Revelation. Who knows what God might show you and teach you in that time. And then finally, and this, again, is probably just a little bit of my weirdness, trying to see things that maybe don't exist. But in the beginning, the vote on this project was pushed to be today. It was. We all thought that was the right thing to do. But after discussing it, talking about it in depth among our staff and among other leaders, as Clayton mentioned recently to our church, We felt like it was the most important thing to not drop this on you on one Sunday because for some of you, this will be the first time you've ever seen that pamphlet. It'll be the first time you ever hear the numbers. And we didn't want you to feel forced into making a decision of that magnitude financially with having a week about it, to pray about it and clear it with your wife, amen, before you made a big donation next Sunday. So we said, we're going to wait a week. Now, that might not be significant to you, but it's very significant to me because I had no idea the timing of this. One of the objectives that I was given as pastor was complete in the hiring and calling of Clayton Pruitt to this assembly. Objective two that they gave me as the pastor search committee, if the vote goes well next Sunday, will be complete. And that will also be complete on my third anniversary, the day of my third anniversary as your pastor at this church. Yeah. No pressure, okay? No pressure at all. No pressure at all. I've got nine minutes. I have to be done by 11 o'clock. I've got two more points. I think I could do them in four minutes each or less. The miracle of Parkway's existence. I'm not going to go into detail. I've already given you a lot of detail. But let's just say that this church has been riddled with challenges just in my tenure, the past three years. Not to mention the several years prior to my coming here. And the Bible is very clear about one specific thing. And that is that in every church that is truly the church of Jesus Christ, God's presence is spoken of in that church and symbolized by something called a lampstand. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 12, and this was to the church at Ephesus, I believe that's correct. John writes, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. As for the mystery, skip to verse 20. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstand, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. There's one thing you need to be absolutely certain of. It is not a guaranteed thing that the church continues to have its lampstand. A church can lose its lampstand. A church can lose the protective hand and grace and presence of God if it does not stand true upon the word and truth of God. The evidence of that is in the book of Revelation. If you will read the seven churches of Revelation, you will see that God constantly challenges and threatens the churches to change and to come back to the gospel truth. This very church in Ephesus is known as the apostolic church. We know that John was there when he wrote his letters. We know that Paul spent time there and wrote in the book of Acts to the elders before he left and said, ravenous wolves will come behind me. We know it happens. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 2 through 5, it says, I know your works, Ephesus, your toil and your patient endurance and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and and have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. I say as your brother in Christ today and as your pastor of three years who has his wife and children here, who is committed to every aspect of seeing this church thrive, I will say to you today that I believe that God's lampstand is still here with Parkway Baptist Church. I believe that with all my heart. Finally, the third thing. take a drink of water before I say this we have an enemy do you know that we have an enemy and you can't see him there's manifestations of him but you can't see him you probably deal with with his legions or some aspect of his legions on a daily basis in your own lives in various ways but those legions of demons have a boss and his name is Satan and from what I have experienced here with you and what I've known of this church from its past history I'm gonna tell you that I believe that the enemy has Parkway Baptist Church's name on a on a bullseye and he has darts that he throws at it on a weekly basis And I think he thinks to himself all the time, well, I tried this, and it didn't kill him. Well, I tried this, and it didn't end him. I tried this, and no matter what I try, they keep moving forward, they keep preaching the gospel, they keep reaching people with the word of God, their young couples keep having babies, there is nothing I can do to stop this church, but I'm going to keep on trying to rip it apart and destroy it. I believe it with all my heart that Satan himself hates this fellowship. And you want him to hate it. Because Satan doesn't take an interest in the church unless it's costing him, amen? Unless it's costing him something, he won't care about it. But I believe with all my heart, he hates this place. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe with all my heart. As long as you as a congregation will stand behind your staff and allow us to preach and teach the Word of God and do missions in this community and allow us to discipline sin when it arises and stand by us and help us to maintain unity and we've got a deacon body that continues to behave in the way they've behaved the past three years, I am telling you, hell will not prevail against Parkway Baptist Church. That is why, that is why I'm committed to this. Personally that is why I believe it is time to move forward and break ground For generation to generation to generation Now I've I've shared with you my thoughts as to why I think we're ready for the next phase now you will have several trusted leaders Explain to you their perspective, but in the end in the end whose decision will it be? the congregations Yes, it will be yours. And if the majority of the people don't believe we should do this, then the vote doesn't go. We won't do it. And we'll stay together and we'll remain unified and we'll come together again at a later time. But I do believe, and all you will hear all these leaders say, that we believe now is the time. So please listen carefully. And if you have a question during the presentation, write it down so you can ask it at the end for there will be a time of Q&A and we're going to do our very best to be finished by 11:40 1140 or 11:45 cuz I'm not going to be the primary one speaking. Amen. <laughs> All right, building team. Ed, come on up. At this time, Ed Garner will come. Here he comes. you a microphone here and get us a, get us one of these ed you want one of these all right put it down here for you brother
1: okay man good morning good morning everybody chairman of the building committee at this time i'd like to ask brother shelby to take us to the
2: lord in prayer
0: let's pray together everybody Heavenly Father, uh, I have just uh, stated my heart here before the congregation today. Um, And Father, I I thank you for being a part of this committee over the past three years. Uh, Their diligence, uh, their willingness to um, work through disagreements and compromise. Uh, Father, their heart that this is about you and about providing space for future generations and ministry space for, for possibly community outreach or other types of ministries that you may call us into in the coming years. Father, I pray, most importantly, right now at this moment, Lord, that, 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 that say any confusion that the enemy may sow in the hearts of our people, Lord, that you would just stop that. That you would, that you would give our people clarity of hearing, and clarity of understanding. Because if there's one thing that always happens during these types of presentations, it's misunderstanding, and then that misunderstanding is verbalized. And then whatever that misunderstanding is is then spread throughout the church. And so, Father, I pray that we have unity of understanding today as everyone comes to present. And we pray that this time glorify you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right,
1: <clears> throat> Throat's all stopped up. <clears throat> I guess that's because I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> that'll be better. Super. All right. Uh, I'd like to introduce our building committee. If I could that not doing
0: right. It's okay. We're gonna get you fixed up. Keep, go ahead, start
1: talking. Hello. Uh Ed Comer. if you would stand up. Ron. All right. Uh Brenda Fisher. Sid Simon. Uh, also, uh, Shelby Hazard is a member.
3: And secretary.
1: And secretary. Jim Winchester. And our vice chairman is uh, Ken Dahl. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. made a few comments here that uh, I'd like to I'm not going to read it because you all have I hope all of you have a generation to generation book is there anyone in here this morning that did not receive one okay we've got folks they're going to pass them out. And as they're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and ask one of the building committee members, Ron Coleman, to come up and say a couple of words to us.
4: Well, I'm a nervous wreck, but I'll try. I think all of us are. I'm no speaker. But uh, I guess I've been here ever since the church was formed. And I look back this last week that God provided us a place when we come together to worship. He gave us a uh, school. But that was good. But... The church had to do their part. We didn't have no seats. We didn't have places to uh, have Sunday school or anything. But the church come together, and we had dedicated people in our congregation that would come together, set up and tear down our uh, chairs every week, and we'd have to come an hour, hour and a half early. But God provided people to do that. And we had, I thought back, and we had a nursery. And, of course, all the toys and everything for the children and everything was put in a box every week. But we had two dedicated ladies, and and Edith Barnett, sanitized every toy. I mean, every toy, every week. And that's the type of people that the church was formed on. And as we moved forward, we just, uh, congregation kept growing and kept growing. And we decided that uh, God was going to provide us a place to have a church called Parkland. And land come available it fell through That wasn't what God wanted this property come available and they wanted a million dollars but the lease said if you're going to build a church we'll let you have it for 800000 the congregation voted for it it was paid for a while later we come along if we got lands, we need a building. The building committee was formed, and we worked months and months to come together with some type of building. We talked to a contractor, he led us in the wrong direction. We had to back up. God led us to Joy and uh, Dow Smith we work together this is what we got today God's been good He's paid for we're debt free and one thing a lot of people don't know is we're standing on God's word because God's wrote the congregation wrote on the floor of this church if we just keep God and the center of our will. He will provide for us. And I'd just like to read this. Now we have the opportunity to move forward with phase two building program. If God wants us to expand, he will bring leadership, unity, and resources to the church. With the timing, timing, motive, and purpose of building us to glorify God, he will provide. God is more glorified in the church, being bent to Him, and growing spiritual than He is in the church expanding. We are looking forward to see what God has in store for Parkway Baptist Church. Thank
2: you.
1: Next uh, on our list is William Harper. If we could get William to come up. William Swift is the treasurer. If you don't know, I think both everybody knows that.
5: First of all, let me say a personal hearty-felt thank you to this building committee and staff for the long hours, prayers that they have put into this recommendation for us. This recommendation is for a 7,060-foot square foot a uh, new addition with the demo and remodeling of existing space at an estimated cost of one million eight hundred and forty four thousand seven hundred and twenty five dollars. This amounts to about two hundred and sixty one dollars per square foot. That's big numbers. But I think that we need to back up and consider this project from our committee at what we've done in the past. We financed this current building in November 2011 for
2: $1,572,500.
5: This was on a five-year payback with the last month payment of the balance. This balance was $954,692. This was refinanced in December 2016, on a 10-year fixed loan with a due date of December 26. The monthly payment on that was $9,911. And as Shelby mentioned earlier, this was paid off in February of 2020. We were paying 20% of our undesignated funds plus any building fund designated offerings that came in. After this loan was paid off, we continued this through our budget. And at the end of January of this year, we had about $393,000 in that account. And it looks like, probably at the end of February, we're going to have somewhere between $415,000 and $420 in that account. So the big question is, can we finance this project and i feel strongly that we can do this 2021 was one of the best years we've had financially in the last four to five years and looking at the estimated cost of this project if we finance 1.8 million the monthly payment would be about $13,800 at an interest rate of 4.5 that may change In all probability, I talked to our bank, with our history, this may be less than that, but it's it's an estimate. This past year, we could have met that without affecting any of our other ministries of this church. And I think that is outstanding for what we've done over the last few years.
1: Thank you, William. Appreciate it. Next, Brandon Strickland, Chairman of the Deacons.
6: how are you just gonna keep it short Um, really our part in this was just uh, just looking over things along with all the other committees and uh, I just have to say I'm really pleased with just how uh, everybody's working together on this it isn't just a one-person thing I mean everyone you see up here today and there's many people behind them and they all are in contact with you and we all know each each and every person's here's needs and that's what's being sought after here Um, we're, we're seeking to have a building because Y'all can look out in our community, and God's bringing the people, is he not? Yes. And so we're preparing for that. And uh, so I, my main thing is uh, through the, all this, I hope that we take this serious, not only because, you know, it's money and, and progress, but guys, but, guys, we have a personal mission and a personal stake in this. As as followers of Christ, we've got to reach them. You know, this building won't grow legs and go do it for us. So this is really, I hope it, it just puts a fire under each and every one of us to uh, to really be spurred on by Christ to, to reach more people for the gospel. But that's uh, that's all I got to say. Thank you. Okay.
1: Thank you. And next, think was she? Are you okay? Oh.
7: All right, guys, well, uh, you know that your pastors can go really long-winded here, so... uh I'm going to stick to what I wrote, and but I want you to know, I'm going to read it, uh, but I want you to know that it's extremely heartfelt. Uh, Shelby came to us, asked us to write uh, from our perspective about the building that we're in now and the new building coming forward, and um, this just hit me in a moment. I felt like it was prompted by the Spirit, and so I was like, i got to stop what I'm doing and write uh, what God is putting on my heart. So this is straight from my heart to you guys uh, about this project. I remember the afternoon I was called for my first interview for the youth pastor position at Parkway Baptist Church. As I was driving to the address I had been given, I remember seeing the church for the first time and being pleasantly surprised by the simple yet elegant design. I never could have imagined from that moment that this would be the place for my, uh, for my formative years as a young, inexperienced minister Let me just stop there for a minute and just say, you guys have been very, very, very gracious with an inexperienced uh, minister. You've sat through some, let's just say, not so great sermons, and you endured them and loved me, and and I so appreciate that, and it really has been formative for me um, from you guys, so thank you for your patience and love. I never could have imagined it was where my wife and I would grow in our marriage together, and my three children would be loved and cared for by some of the sweetest people on Earth, not to mention the spot where they would grow in their, their knowledge of our Savior. All of this could have happened. all of this uh, could have happened anywhere the Lord desired, but it happened here at Parkway. Um, just, it's just amazing to see over the years what God has done uh, in this church in my own family. I could not have imagined it. Uh, just a few more words here. I don't get excited for the new building space because it will generate excitement in the community or within our congregation because those things will fade. I get excited for the new building space because of all the new beginnings, new families, and stories of new life in Christ that will take place within its walls. I'm excited to see the gospel passed down from fathers and mothers to their children as we raise up a new generation to love and exalt the Savior. I cannot wait to see what God is going to do in this new space. Carol?
1: There she is.
8: Um, As you can tell from what I wrote, I'm not going to read it word for word, but our family first came to Parkway when it was meeting at Rock Springs Middle School, so we were not drawn to a building, per se, because there wasn't the building, but um, the main reason that we felt God called us and kept us at at Parkway was because of the connectivity of all the generations. Our children were in kindergarten and second grade when we first uh, came to Parkway, and just all the generations just loved on them, connected with them, and made them feel like a family. And that, that's what I'm excited about in the new building, is that we will see all the generations connecting and being a family, because it takes all of us to raise godly families and godly children. So um, I'm, just, I'm glad that Parkway is being blessed with that, but even without that building, the most important thing is we're reaching our future generations for Christ and adding to the kingdom.
9: We're not building to compete with other churches or to have a big, nice building, but to reach a broken culture through the gospel mission already established by Christ. Please remember these newsrooms will not go out and do the mission for us, as Brandon said, but they will give us space to nurture another generation to hear the truth and be transformed by the love of Christ. The hard work is not putting up walls or remodeling classes. The hard work is to remember that God put Parkway on this hill to be a light of Christ to everyone around us. Some may fear we are trying to become one of those big churches, but our mission is not to focus on big. Our mission is to build up our families to the hope of the gospel, for every generation to have a place to grow with God and each other. I pray God give us all such a vision for our church and our lives that this culture is building nonstop. Look around you. The church shouldn't fear. We are remodeling our homes, we're buying cars, we're doing all these things. Why should the church be afraid to see another generation reached?
1: Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I
9: appreciate you. Yeah. Now,
1: Okay, Uh, it's time, Ken, could I get you to come up please?
10: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the comedy team yet. Um, I'm here to introduce a person that not many of you know, but you will by the time this day's over. I'm going to speak about Dow Smith Construction Company and Joy Ryan, which is the uh, uh, partner of that company, which is becoming before us. Now, when we drive around town in our county, you see Dow Smith signs all over the place. Okay, small businesses, large businesses, they're building new hospitals and those type of things. They are located right here in Smyrna, downtown Smyrna. Dow Smith Company is a design-build firm that specializes in church, healthcare, and commercial construction. They are proud to be recognized as a certified best Christian-owned business in the Best Christian by the Best Christian Workplace Institute. They specialize in church facility planning, design, renovation, and new construction. Joy has been in the construction business since 2001 and is partner and chief operating. Officer for Dow Smith Construction. As partner, he oversees the project managers and estimators. As chief operating officer, he leads the sales team and all pre-construction services. Dow Smith built this existing building and came in under budget at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Joey is no stranger to many of us. I have previously worked with him on other building projects at at other churches, and can tell you that Joey is probably one of the best in the business. He has met and worked with our committee hand in hand through this process and to come up with a current plan. And he is here today to explain the process and how to help answer any questions you may have.
11: Let's welcome Joey Ryan. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's a pretty scary church business meeting here right after <laughs> the message. I was fired up by Shelby's message. I, I feel like I could fight Satan and Vladimir Putin at the same time after hearing that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm honored and humbled to be here, really. You know, I, uh, we built a lot of churches. I've been blessed, and I was a uh, full-time vocational ministry for a while, and was chewed up and spit out by the church. I'm a licensed Baptist minister and grew up in the Baptist, Southern Baptist Church and was so blessed to be poured into by staff. And, uh, and really, that's what God did through my life as a calling to work with churches. It's pretty crazy. A lot of people don't like working with churches. You gotta be a little bit crazy to work with churches. <laughs> Uh, but it's a calling for us. It's hard work, and but we're 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 up to the challenge, and thankfully have had some good success. And uh, if anything goes wrong or I make any mistakes, it's Ed Gardner's fault. Right. <laughs> um, all kidding aside, we are really really blessed to be a part of this first phase for you guys. Uh, for those who don't know, there were some challenges. Uh, Ed Comer and I talked many many times before 6 a.m. 7 a.m. about trips to the state capitol and getting things approved and uh, let me just say you're you're in good hands uh, with folks like ron and ken and ed and uh, both eds for sure and uh you're blessed to have them I, I, they've been in my office multiple times and um I feel like I'm meeting with my big brothers, actually. So we, we, we have a good time, and, and I look up to them. And so I'm here to answer questions, uh, some of which I may not have the answers to. I will say that what you're deciding next week is, is the decision to take the next step in design. And through that design process, which you guys will have a, you have a copy of, it's called the Dow Smith Way, uh, and this isn't a proprietary process. This this is best practices. You know, uh, Ed would call me multiple times throughout the years, and COVID kind of put things off. And I said, Ed, I'm not coming over there again until y'all decide to do something. <laughs> and he finally called. And said, Joey, we we're ready to do something. I said, Are you sure? He said, Well, maybe not this meeting, but next <laughs> meeting. <laughs> But anyway, so you guys have a copy of that, and that really is best practices for church planning. And what you guys have done to date is is called phase one in the Dow Smith process and the design-build process, and that's kind of a due diligence feasibility study uh, for what is possible for your church. Uh, what are the needs of your church? Uh, and again, it's like making sausage. You know, we, we did this thing twice. Uh, because things came to light that needed to be happened. The staff had, had some things that they thought needed to happen. The, the building committee thought some things that needed to be happened. So we, you've really, they've really done a beautiful job of honoring the process, being patient with one another. Uh, so you guys completed the feasibility and due diligence study, and part of that was what Mr. Hopper, uh, who I've worked with for many years, m- many of y'all I've known for almost 20 years, so that's been a blessing too to work with friends. So really, the next step you guys will be taking will be to decide if you're going to move on to Phase 2 and 3. And that's a proposal that's a part of that package. And that's Phase 2 design and Phase 3 design, meaning we'll take the next step in taking the design a little bit further. We'll begin to approach the city, the town, I should say, with, uh, with our proposed building addition. And we'll go through the Planning Commission process. And let me just say this, depending on how fast you want to move, we'll do at least one more budget step for, and maybe even two budget steps. So I hope that brings you guys some some peace given the volatility in the world And. Who you all know who have bought a house recently or want to do a home construction project, how crazy the construction world and construction materials are. So there, there's an opportunity to do up to two more pricing exercises, and we share those proposals with the building committee, and we'll give a breakdown of, and, and, and offer as much transparency as, as you guys Want to have. So that's really the decision you have before you. As I was sitting there listening to Shelby's uh, message and thinking about things, and you don't know this, and you'll be interested to know this, is you know, we came on board a little bit after uh, the design for this building had started, and there were some budget issues, and we helped solve those. You know, we were part of the team who helped solve those budget issues, decide what's really important for that first phase. And there was a young architect named Kevin Goins, who worked for Rared and Carroll at the time, who uh, out of Chattanooga who grew up uh, in Nashville, worked at Lifeway, and, and moved to Chattanooga to be a part of the original church architect. And Kevin, um, Kevin designed this building. We work really close with Kevin. And believe it or not, just a few months before I heard from Ed, Kevin Garner had called me and told me he decided to start his own firm. And he said God had called him to move to Panama City. He bought a, a home in Panama City, renovated that home, and uh had a heart for pastors and he has a free sabbatical home and airbnb for pastors to come visit and so kevin goins believe it or not is the architect again for this church is that not cool so he's a he's a person who loves churches love loves pastors and i thought it was unique and you talked about all god's timing and his his sovereignty and providence and all this that kevin goins comes full circle back around calls me calls me and we were able to work together on some other projects and we are able to bring him back because he was the guy who drew every line. I thought that was really interesting. So, uh, sidebar there. But anyway, you guys have a copy of that Dow Smith process. I won't be able to answer every question, but I'll, I'll, I'll certainly do my best, uh, the best I can. I'm not sure anything else you want me to talk about. Sure, sure. So, I'll, I'll open the floor for... Uh, Sure. To, walk the design. Okay, perfect, perfect. Y'all can shoot your darts at me later.
10: <laughs> well, it's not as plain as I would to be but anyway we're going to kind of walk through the uh plan design a little bit again you had a copy of it well, that's as large as we could blow it up and hand it out and everything so um let take my little pointer here there he is right there and we're just going to review what the plan's about and again we'll let it answer questions after this and everything again they stated um our build as drawn is seven thousand and sixty additional square feet. We have a new entryway for the children and youth in this area. It's going to look just like this one, except it won't have a drive-through, OK? Um, in this area, we're adding seven new classrooms, all right? A new nursery, which is 110, 110 square feet larger than the current nursery. And with all the children coming along, we're going to need every bit of that. Uh, plus we are building in a nursing room okay I don't know if that holds two moms or three but it's a pretty good sized nursing room uh, the other rooms are a high school and middle school this will be separated by an accordion wall and they can make that a large youth room or separated as they see fit for that these rooms over here this is preschool these two rooms right now we have one and this is children on this side over here, okay? Uh, Bathrooms, of course, when you come in the entryway and stuff like that. This is our proposed fellowship hall here. It's 1,627 square feet. Uh, I'll cover that a little bit more in just a moment. But um, that, that's this. You'll notice in, let's see, make sure I'm not leaving out anything. We have uh, two emergency, actually three. We have an emergency exit out the back. One here on the front corner. And of course, went out the front door, and this comes down the hallway, as we know it today. Uh, also, we will the, we're calling those emergency exits. However, if this comes about, we think we're going to try to build a playground out in this area. Okay, so this may just have a sidewalk to it, and the children can walk right out that door and right to the playground. Okay, that's not on here, but that that that's on us later on. Uh these are security doors okay we don't know exactly what that's going to look like but we think it's going to be a push pad on a wall something comes up out there which we'll still have the security guards and stuff but something comes out there somebody can run out there and slap it and nobody can get into those spaces okay it'll be locking them down okay at that point in time so that being said uh that's really about all i had on on this area out here this time, the renovation part of this construction. These are the four classrooms that we have on the left-hand side of the wall down here now, this being the current nursery and the top room, you know, children's rooms here. We are going to remove the cabinets, all the carpeting and stuff in there. By removing the cabinets in these areas will give us an additional 75 square foot in each room. Okay. We desperately need larger adult classrooms. Okay, we're right over here now, and some of classes can't can barely move, and it, we don't have people coming because they're we're packed. Okay, so that's that's the reason we're we're doing this here for that. We're removing the two bathrooms and the cabinets in there, and expanding the size of these rooms here. By the way, um, I can tell you that. The nursery room, and this room will go from 400 to 475 square foot each. And these two rooms will go from 475 to 550 square foot per room on that side. Okay, on the other side of the hall, this is our current offices. We'll be adding two offices, one the same size as our current offices in there. Uh, The finance room is currently holding... Carol is daytime. I come in on Mondays. I take her computer away from her because I'm doing the banking, you know, those, those kind of things. And we're just kind of cr- Cindy's in there, you know. So we're definitely going to need uh, additional uh, office space there. Down at the end of the hall, this is where the current youth room is. This will be Shelby's new office on the corner. This will be a conference room. And you see this spot right here? That's going to be a new. I call it a copier room. Everything. Everybody comes into the office now. Makes copies here. This there's going to be another copier here with any resources that you might need, paper, pen, what, whatever it is that you know is needed. And you'll be able to come right off the off the hallway. There will not be a door off the hallway. There will be a door here that remains locked, uh, and that it, that be Shelby's way in and out there. So, anyway, all that being said, the cost of the plan includes all of this. It's not separated, okay? It includes everything that we know and we plan for and, and uh, just everything we can think of today, okay, at that. So, that's what the plans look like. Again, you've got a copy of them. Make sure I haven't left anything out here. I don't believe I have. So... I think we're ready for any questions at this point in time, if you want to come up. Uh,
1: Steven, we got some mics we could use to take around. And uh, Ron and Ed, Ron, Lucarini, and Ed, come, are going to take them around.
7: Which one? And the young.
1: There you go. I'm gonna take this out of here. Good. All right. Yes, sir.
4: Here you go, Dick. I just had a question. Will Will Rogers said we're all ignorant just about different things. Uh, and I'm a little ignorant about uh, construction, but I, I just want to know what the uh, what the impact does the uh, accelerated cost of building materials, you know, it goes up all the time. How does that affect our bottom line, or how we adjust to that in terms of uh, you know how the cost goes up in building? Will that affect our bottom line?
11: Yes, it will affect your bottom line, uh, but there are some things that we try to plan for. Uh, So we've we've provided a contingency in the uh, construction budget. This is a cost plus a fee arrangement. Uh, So we do provide some. We plan for some surprises, and we call that a contingency. Uh, Your home, it may be an emergency fund. Uh, So we plan ahead for that. The other thing we try to do is we try to buy materials as soon as possible. Once the decision is made and we have... Qualified subcontractors or vendors who provide prices, we try to procure those and lock that pricing down just as soon as we can. Now, there's some things we can't do. Some some folks only uh, guarantee their prices for 30 days, and to be honest with you, lumber right now they'll 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 honor it for 24 hours. If you're lucky, if you're lucky. For instance, I'm building the daycare uh, on Old National Highway, and we had a $24,000 surprise, but. We planned on that. We, we, we planned for some contingency. So we try to plan ahead, do what we can, uh, be diligent, be good stewards of, of the resources, and lock things down as quick as we can.
1: Okay. Mark.
12: Just a couple of questions, actually three. Um, is the kitchen going to be updated? I was told earlier that it may be updated.
10: That was in our original plans. The kitchen will not be updated. However, uh, through our investigation and all this stuff, we find out people don't cook anymore. Okay, they need they need refrigeration and they need warming. So we'd liken the plan. This won't come out of this budget, of course Buying a double warmer and uh, another refrigeration unit, okay? That can go back and forth. That can be rolled. And you don't see it on there now because it kind of came in at the end. In the new fellowship hall, we plan on putting a ice maker, uh, ice machine, down there along with some cabinets that we already have down there with a sink and those kind of things that would. Fulfill that. As far as rebuilding a new kitchen, no, but that one there will actually be cleaned up some sure. You know, because of that.
12: Okay, that leads and, into the and, second and I will
11: one. I will say you it is kind of an upgrade overall because the kitchen's really not being used now. So things that were planned for with the initial bill will cir- kind of circle back around. It will become your warming kitchen. So it's gonna be there's gonna be a higher use than it is right now.
12: So sure. there's a little bit of no- uh, with the Fellowship Hall, uh, unless we have like a major, major event where we need the tables set up, are we going to have the tables set up full time so we don't have to move chairs and all that every men's breakfast, women's breakfast, that kind of stuff?
10: A lot of conversation about Fellowship Hall. <laughs> These days. Um, Fellowship Hall, as we know it, has drawn, okay, is, is 1,627 square foot. That will hold 80 people. At round tables, okay, as drawn, okay, or a hundred and yeah, about 130 people just seated in rows like this. Matter of fact, we came in here uh, last Thursday or so and measured these chairs. And for our new fellowship hall, as as planned right now, is a whole section. It will encompass one whole section. So you see, that's a lot of chairs. Okay, just spread out, but only 80 people can be put in there as is, okay? Now, if it's been brought up to, why shouldn't we go larger with that? Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, for every square foot you add, you're adding $2.60. So if you added 1,000 square foot, you're adding $260,000 to the cost. If you add 500, it's an additional 130,000. So it, it's something to think about. It's something that you would say can be done, you know, at, it, if that's what the church wants to do, but as is right now, if we do that now. To answer your question, the round tables and everything will remain down there.
12: Okay. It yeah. won't
10: remain up here. So, your men's breakfast, uh, Miss Winchester's ladies' class once a month stuff will all happen down there. Now yeah. it won't happen in here. We, my, this is my statement. We need to get out of this sanctuary now. We only utilize this sanctuary, really. I mean, y'all do on a monthly basis, before a big gathering right. of 120 or whatever that number is, you know, there's no reason that we can't come back in here sure. for one time a year, Valentine's or Christmas, something like that. And, or, in our survey, people like to go to different venues. The Sheraton ballroom costs you $25 a piece to eat, you know. So, I mean, people like that kind of stuff. So right. do we overbuild and not utilize it? Or see where I'm going with that.
12: All right, and then lastly, uh, from an emergency standpoint, with all the stuff that's going on in the world, the tornadoes that hit recently and so forth, is there any plans of maybe having an industrial strength uh, emergency generator so if something does happen, families can come here and be supportive?
10: That's not been in our conversation, but everything you say today is <laughs> being noted, okay? So, I mean, we don't know exactly what all that's going to look like, and yes, that's something that possibly can be done, but it hasn't been in our conversation so far.
1: Later I, I'll catch you in just a second. Let her go. Um, I know there
3: was originally a plan to Knock these Sunday school rooms out and expand the sanctuary um Where did the plans for that stand?
11: We did update- there was an original master plan uh that included that, and that's still that's still an available option for the for future phases uh but the most economical uh and need right now was education space and it was it was out there at the end of the building, but there is a master plan to go this direction out the side, uh, should that need arise.
12: Yeah, I think that we consider where the nursery is and the preschool areas, where the windows are there, there needs to be a locked door that you can get out
5: those doors in case of emergency. That And just looking at that area right in there, if the fire caught in there, where that door is going to be s-
0: secured by a pad. For, for
1: other things, that,
8: I think a, a, door, a locked door on door, both those sides going out the door there would be a,
0: a good for, to get the kids out if something coming in a hurry. Need to get out in
5: a hurry.
10: The plan for the locking doors is to, if anybody came in there trying to get to the kids, of course, you know, back in that area, a secure place. However, if that... <laughs> Use that if that door right there is the main security door for these classrooms back in here, okay. if that door has to be shut, I'm sorry, my bad, I'm sorry. If that door has to, for some reason, be shut because somebody's come in here and trying to do some harm or whatever the case may be, and that's closed, they're not going to be able to get in this way. It will actually have a keypad. On the outside. Well, I'm not talking about it. it's a fire or emergency that you have to get the kids out in a hurry. They right. should get a, block, a lock or door that goes out the both right. sides there. Yeah. That, uh, could they, be they can go out this way, they can yeah. go out this way or this way. I
1: don't, as young kids, and nurses, young kids
5: like that get confused, and I, I still think it'd be an option you need to put in.
11: If it brings you any comfort, this project will be required to go to the state fire marshal's office. Uh, which uh, is even a higher authority of jurisdiction than the town of Smyrna. So they'll be reviewing all the plans. We'll have to do an extensive life safety study to make sure the kids have proper ingress, egress in a fire event. So I hope that brings you some comfort. But the max distance is 75 feet, and you will have fire sprinkler system that will be expanded in, into the into the in that direction. So we'll we'll have to get state fire marshal approval and meet the 2018 International mm-hmm. Building Code. Yeah. we'll do, and a lot of that will have to do with uh, some training as, as well for your leaders in the, in the fire in the case of a fire event.
1: We got
13: a lady back here. Okay, Mike and I help Howard Grobner on the men's breakfast every month, and I know this is not building, but a commercial size oven. I mean, we really need it. We. That's not building, but we, uh, well, you can only do one pan of bacon at a time. And, I mean, we had a lot of men yesterday that we do. So a commercial-size oven would very much be appreciated. Because I know it's once a month, but who knows what might happen as the congregation grows. We might have more things happening.
1: Is there, is there something on the
11: oven we would have to do special? Well there there could there could be there there are some stringent guidelines for a commercial kitchen. Uh, but there are certain ovens that you can buy now that don't require a commercial kitchen hood. Uh, and when you gotta add a commercial kitchen hood, it brings opens up a whole other can of worms. But there 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 probably is an opportunity to buy a certain oven of, of larger size uh, at a time yeah.
13: instead of one we may be
11: to solve the great de- bacon debate with some ingenuity we, we, we for sure but I, I can appre- i can appreciate that because the men like their bacon and they appreciate <laughs> Uh, you guys taking care of that. But there, there, there are some ovens that may be available that won't require commercial kitchen hood. So I'm sure Ed can figure that out as he's researching. But yes, there there's some opportunities. What we don't want to do is go take it so far with the kitchen. There's a fine line to where you have to have a commercial kitchen hood and also a grease trap. Grease trap is a twenty to twenty-five thousand dollar item, so we want to we to walk that tight rope as careful as we can.
13: Well, that wasn't really the problem. We were yep. able to take care of the grease just fine. It's just being able to put two, four sheets at a time. He probably yeah. Had 10, I appreciate. I can appreciate 10 that. Yesterday.
11: Gotcha. All
1: right, Ed.
3: Me. Yeah. Uh, in the drawing up there, in the fellowship hall area or room. There's a dotted line there. Is that proposed this here? Yes. What this, is this What corner. is that?
7: Yes, yeah, just one, one second. Guys, I so apologize. And y'all have got great questions. Um, we have nursery workers that love us dearly, and they love our children dearly. But they're, I went back there, and they, I could see the hope draining from their, their <laughs> souls. Um, here's the thing you can you can go pick up your kids I'm, i was planning to do the same thing today and bring them right back in here we're a family right that's part of what we've been talking about today if we've got some screaming babies that's totally fine uh but if you would go get your kids if they're in the nursery and just come right back in and we'll, we'll keep on going maybe just a minute intermission or so yeah thank you all right go
10: ahead right, I... yep I, I got her question okay. you're talking about this this uh this this square down here when the plans were first put out we were talking about a small kitchen then it became a small storage room (laughs) but it actually we needed it for the fellowship hall area and do the warming and refrigeration up here on this end okay so there's nothing there that is just one big room
3: Okay, uh, the restrooms in that area down there, are they designed for children only? No,
1: they're not, they're not designed are
3: they,
11: you know. No, they're accessible in the common area. Um, that, you, you know, your existing entrance here,
3: right.
11: and you have the lobby space here, uh, and, and, and feeding these larger restrooms. The building committee was very passionate about providing additional restroom space, so this entry will look and feel a lot like your existing one but the restroom will be to the right, Uh, so so no, they they are for anyone's use.
5: both of them there but on the restrooms they're going to be restrooms for the children in their area or are they going to come out in the common area so they'll have to be escorted out. yeah and, and they
11: and they and they will they will be coming out around uh, uh, to the to this area uh, the the philosophy has changed quite a bit in the church world uh, to where you don't want uh, one adult in the restroom at a time uh in the jack and jill restrooms that fall by the wayside with current with the current context and circumstances we're looking in so they will be escorted uh by their teacher uh and, and will be using that that restroom
14: Qu- question i have uh where ronda and i were were members before we joined parkway They had a room set aside specifically as a prayer room, okay? The prayer room was attached to the building. It was heated, cooled. It had a desk. It had information about prayer. It was a door that was locked, and you could come in any time of day. Because once the church is locked, it's locked. But this particular room, you had the code, you could go in, but you did not have access to the building. You had access to that room that opened up from the outside. So that someone at midnight or whatever time of day and whatever day of the week could come to a prayer room, have the code, go in, and... Uh, engage in prayer or they could go and pray for folks that we had on a list, but it was a a set-aside room with a door that you could enter from the outside. You did not have entrance into the building itself, just that prayer room, but it was attached to the building itself. We.
9: I think uh, that's a great idea, and if you want to donate to that wing, we will build it in your honor. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think what what we tried to accomplish, because there was a lot of good suggestions, and of course, there's a lot of churches that have a lot of great things, and we're trying to meet what we have right now, and, and that, that room is a, a wonderful idea, but I, I don't think it's going to be possible in this design because we're really trying to keep it tight with what we're, we're doing. And we, we don't want to lean so heavy on the building. We, we want people to be praying for people in their homes and, and, and not let it be the center of everything, but just a resource for that day. And so that is something that we've talked about because there were other requests made of similar nature and we decided that we wanted to really streamline this process so that we wouldn't make it a burden upon the congregation.
1: He got, got
9: one in the back, and we'll catch you next, sir. Hey, guys. Um, there have been discussions and comments over the last year that I've been head over the AV, uh, audio and visual here at the church, uh, maybe possibly adding a speaker system going down the hallway. I'll stand up so you can see me. Uh, and just, like, play music uh, with a new fellowship hall. What kind of PA system would we want to have? If, if, have you discussed anything like that, you know, uh, as of yet? Um, I have a few ideas that we can you know, discuss about that but have there anything in discussion about the audio system and how that would be integrated in with this room and also
12: future uh, rooms?
11: That's part of phase two and phase three of design right now just the architecture and site planning has, has started their planning but yes the what we'll call we're we'll AVL audio video and lighting those discussions will happen later. And again, we could be happy to accommodate anything that is of the highest desire for you guys and within the budget. Uh, however, you guys want to service that, that wing, either via a TV of the service or any audio needs that you have, video needs you have for the fellowship hall. It's something we can certainly accommodate.
2: Thank you. Hey, Ed. Ed? I got one right here. All right. I would like to
3: revisit the kitchen for just a second, please. You have the, the in the new part where you have the warming and the cooling thing, right? In the new part.
11: No, the, the, the kitchen will remain at this location currently shown. Okay.
3: What I'm fixing to say is I think people would cook if they had a place to cook. Uh, if you're going to be cooking in that kitchen and then running it all the way down the hall to Fellowship Hall where people are actually eating, That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I would think that your warming and cooling might want to be up here and the kitchen where people could cook, actually, for breakfast, for whatever, would be in the Fellowship Hall, which is where they will be eating. Is that correct?
11: There was was a lot of discussion about the kitchen, uh, mainly when it came to square footage because we're coming up against the detention pond. On the right, on the on the far end of the building for stormwater, and we're falling off into the floodplain, uh, and th- that's really a, a a value vision type t- discussion that you may want to have with the building committee. But there was the the intent is not to be cooking, only warming and keeping things warm on site. So we we don't have a cooking kitchen. Again, that throws us into a different code as far as the kitchen hood and the grease trap. So. That would probably be a question for, for one of the building committee member, members at some point in time.
3: Okay, one other thing. Uh, being an educator all my life, I know that, that you're going to have to have at least two people, two adults per classroom in the children's area because if one adult is taking a child out of that area to use the restroom, there's someone else that's got to be in there. So I would I would love to see a little potty put in at least one or two of those classrooms.
1: I am. We'll have to probably look into that. See what. See how we can re- rearrange to do that. I,
9: I just I guess would like. Oh, okay, sorry.
7: My apologies.
14: How will the current use be affected during the construction phase?
11: We won't begin existing interior renovations until the new structure is dried in. So, for instance, we won't begin drywall work in the existing building until drywall work begins in the new addition. So there will be some awkward Sundays and Wednesday nights to where you'll maybe having class in a safe, clean, but obvious area where construction is happening. Unfortunately, it's just a part of the process of renovating existing structure and keeping church open and moving. Uh, but it will be clean and safe uh, for use. Getting projects under budget,
14: does that include the possibility that costs can go down in material or excess?
11: Yeah. Being that uh, most of our works are a cost plus a fee, so if the cost went down for lumber, yes, you would receive, you would not spend that money, so you would receive those savings. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
9: I, I guess I'd just like to reiterate the concern about the bathroom and the security door right there. It's just all on the wrong side, I guess, of the kids' rooms. Is there a way that we could incorporate like that bathroom to the area versus taking them out to the lobby? It's just kind of a concern of mine as
11: well. Uh, Anything can be done with enough time and enough money, uh, but that's a really a philosophical decision for the Next Gen Ministry to have. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion about that. So can restrooms be added? Absolutely, but restrooms are one of the most expensive things you can do. I will tell you that in the church planning world, the Jack and Jill bathrooms are becoming a thing of the past uh, for safety, not only of the child, but also of the worker. Uh, and there, there is someone usually designated in these new church plans. Yes, one person does have to stay in the room, but there's also a person who's designated to stay in the bathroom area to help uh, oversee uh, the children going to the restroom that's some yeah Changes are possible. Uh, again, square footage costs money. These are just lines on a drawing. Yes, but uh, uh, as far as how your church is set up and how you communicate with the building committee, that would be that would be something that uh, Ed and Shelby would, would need to answer.
1: You, well, let, let me let me answer his question the best I can. Okay, uh, we can. Definitely look into it, and uh, we're your committee. That's what we're here for. So I've got you down for toilets in the, in the children area, and l- let me get an answer, and I'll have to get back, okay? Me. I got one right here.
15: Okay. I do not see storage in any of the preschool or the children's room. Will they have a place for storage? Because, you know, we use stuff with little kids.
1: Uh, there will not be a built-in storage area, but we are, I think, looking at some uh, storage uh, cabinets. That, cabinets to go in there and, so that you will have storage in each, each of the rooms.
15: Uh, and the preschool rooms will not be plumbed for a sink, is that correct?
11: Not the nursery will, the, the nursery nurse, will. Right. Yeah, the, those the who require diaper changing and those type of things will have that, yes. But
15: we're not, we're not going to have a sink in any of the preschool rooms,
11: not, yeah. not currently not planned, currently. but can do that. Okay, all right, all right. Just, just
1: um, preschool. All right. I'm sorry.
15: I just want to say one more thing about the kitchen. Um, it seems to me, I understand there's only so much space, but it seems to me that the preschool and children's areas could really benefit from having at least a kitchenette or a place where there is a sink or a refrigerator. And the other point is that all of the people that work in our kitchen... Or volunteers, like everybody. And so when we ask them to prepare a meal or whatever they're doing for whatever occasion, they're going to have to do it in the kitchen and then wheel it down to the fellowship hall. And uh, I would just like you to talk to some of these people that serve that way. And we want them to keep serving in that way. That's a huge benefit to our church. When we have funerals, and, and that might not affect the Fellowship Hall necessarily, but if there could be some way to have just maybe two plain ovens instead of a commercial oven, as she was saying, or just some place where people could go and get some food, you know, just to, for their preschool class or something. It just seems like we need something on that end.
2: Okay. okay. Changes.
1: all right. Let me reiterate that I've I've got it down as as an item to discuss and discuss with the builders. See what we're looking at in costs and and everything. So that's that is one of the items, and we will get back. Uh, I tell you, it's getting kind of late, and I know a lot of you're getting kind of nervous. It's a, with the children here, so uh, if we could, if you got one last question. i got two. <laughs> now, you can't have a one.
2: Uh, I've <laughs> got, got two. One, one thing, uh, with the protrusion of the fellowship hall coming out, why is the notch back going to the nursery? It's like, to me, that would be some fairly cheap square equipment right there. You're only extending one wall in a partial uh, roof.
11: Can you ask that one more time? I'm not sure I understood what you're Where asking Where the
2: now. fellowship hall protrudes out past the nursery. What is the reason for having the nursery set back? It looks like that could be yeah. some fairly cheap He's square asking footage. asking to box that out. Because right? you're yeah. only adding one <clears throat> wall and a partial roof there.
11: Cheap square footage is a relative term, no disrespect. <laughs>
2: well, uh, cheap
11: Possibly, and, yes. And, and the, the, to, me, these, these,
2: to me, the these
11: yeah one yeah,
2: big wall yeah, there would yeah. look much better than
11: that. Well, then you have to find the balance of, uh, well, y'all may not know this, but the, the local association came in and did a study for you guys about what the need was and what the growth pattern looked like. So could we make the nursery bigger? Absolutely. Is there need for the nursery be, to be bigger? Maybe not. What? Uh, and I'll be the bad guy here this church almost did not get built this close and the reason it didn't get built is because too much was on the floor plan too much so you had a design team that drew everything that everyone wanted or desired and you had about a half-million-dollar problem and guess what You, you, you couldn't afford it so my fear is as a person who designs and builds a lot of building is and believe me the committee wants to say yes to everything if 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 the if the decision came up say hey is there an opportunity to make everyone happy here the question they would say yes absolutely believe me shelba does not want an email or a phone call right so my job as the design builder is to balance do we design To everyone's need and then budget to it or do we have a budget which the leaders think that every that the church can afford and design to the budget it's a whole different philosophy because i can't tell you how many churches i've went into around middle tennessee that have drawings that cost well over a hundred thousand dollars in the corner of the pastor's office and guess what it never got built And it's so sad. I can't tell you story after story. So they have to redesign and re-spend all this money on design to something they can't afford. The good news is you guys are doing the process properly. You're making really really good tasting sausage right now because the committee has taken the survey, listened to these things. And this is a floor plan that we've come up with for now. Again, there's two other phases of design, so they're going to incorporate these things. And the suggestion for the nursery getting larger is certainly something that's reasonable to do and may may need to do. The question is, is that a need worth spending uh, the church's hard-earned dollars on? So, yeah, that yes, we could do all of these things. We're just trying to balance those things, and that, that's really really hard work for the committee. That's a great you know, question.
2: I just did not see why we have a notch in the building. And
11: that's that's my my thing. Well one reason is because one of the things we heard back from the church was you needed more fellowship hall space. Fellowship hall was really important. So that's really a result of hey, we're trying to meet one of the highest needs of the survey was more fellowship hall space. Plus if you look at the elevation, it looks really good too. The notch looks nice. It gives it a nice feature and definition. So that's that's one reason for the notch.
2: Question number two. Okay. Great question. Why not put collapsible walls in those two classrooms and expand the fellowship hall back that way if you
11: do. Great question as well. Operable collapsible walls are one of the most expensive things that are done in construction. I did the most recent additions to Samaritan Church of Christ. Uh, I happened to take my daughter there for a dissection class last week, and I was looking to it, and I, and I told her, "Laney, this is the scariest job I've ever done because of all the steel that had to be brought into this church for these operable walls. So can it be done? Yes. But in, operable walls are 15, 20 times more expensive than a regular wall, and they require steel uh, support overhead. Um, So many of you have been in churches with operable walls. They also become a huge maintenance problem, and they're very hard to move around and require a lot of work um, to move around. And they, and they are a maintenance problem, and they deteriorate over time. So, yes, that can happen. That it?
1: Have anything else before we quit? Okay.
16: Okay. Let me, okay, let me go ahead and do this. Since I am over hospitality, let me see if I can help answer these questions of what everybody's talking about. The problem is the electrical work in this kitchen. You're talking about keeping things warm, and uh, we have to go to the part of asking people to bring things in to help us out, okay? We can't... (laughs) Trying to keep uh, five, six, seven crop pots warm. We gotta find plugs. Well, I've got 80 Dow running, crawling around on the floor trying to find the plugs and running for electricity. Yeah, we don't have it. Uh, got the oven going out. We don't have it. It's too hard. We need to find a different kind of electrical system in the kitchen to do what we need to do that's the problem that's the reason we were asking for an updated kitchen it wasn't much of a <clears throat> restaurant type kitchen we just needed a better system in the kitchen
11: i think that's a great comment that we needed to hear um, yeah, exactly. the first presbyterian church in murfreesboro I just did a major renovation too we added 24 plugs for guess what Rock pots. so that's a great comment be glad to to write that down and and that's something that's not too hard to do is provide some extra dedicated circuits for your crock pot so i think that's a wonderful comment thank you
1: okay i want to tell you how much i appreciate all your comments today uh you know we're Eight people on the building committee and we we've heard a lot of comments as we've gone along the last three years and uh, I think it's been really good for people to come to us uh, and tell us uh, you know we're we're trying to do what you're asking us to do and working through it on a cost basis Uh, and some of the things, even though the cost is great, you still got to have. I understand that. So uh, we're going to look at it. The items, that, I've got about ten items here that we need to take another look at. And uh, hopefully we can get some kind of a tomorrow. Ian says tomorrow. That'll be, that'll be good. And then we'll try to send it out. And then... Can we send out an email the answers to these questions? We'll
0: just go back and forth. And call
1: Joey. See what all. Okay. Is okay. Okay. The plugs I know can be done. It' yeah. reasonable, so that's that's great. All right, folks. Thank you for staying. I appreciate all your comments, and we'll we'll be working on them. Thank you.
14: Let's, let's
0: remember to close us out with prayer before we leave, okay? Ed wants to pray. Short. Do y'all think we should pray? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's, let's just find a quiet spot right quick. Just be still, close your eyes, bow your head. Father, thank you for the diligence uh, that has been displayed here today. Lord, I thank you for uh, the church, our brothers and sisters in Christ that have the courage to speak up in a crowd uh, about deficiencies that they perhaps see in the design. Uh, Lord, I thank you for Joey being here. Thank you for our committee. I thank you for all the comments that have been made, Lord. And we pray, as we have prayed from the very beginning, that we will find your will in this, Father. That's what we want, is we want to find your will. So please help us uh, over the next few days uh, to have discussions and see if these, uh, some of these expectations can be met. And we ask this in Christ's name, amen. Amen.